trending news right now. So what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours? We're joined by Lorato Sekeng, who is a social commentator and CEO of Decode Communications. Lorato, it's the first chat for us uh, on this 2022. How are you doing? I'm very well. Good morning and happy new year. Yes, I hope your transition has been a good one and maybe now adjusting to work and school and all those kinds of things that we do as parents. No, no, indeed we have. It, it was it was a good one. Uh, we, we just excited. Remember, it's a big year for for us in in our household because yes. we're waiting for the metric results yeah. next week uh, and the young men getting ready. Uh, unfortunately, it does not sound uh, or feel a little bit anxious, uh, you know, while waiting for the results. That's great. And and is that the only child you have, by the way? No, we we, we have three. Oh, okay. uh, with a uh, ten, sorry, sixteen-year-old, mm-hmm. uh, and we also have a, we also have a seven-year-old. Okay, awesome. So we'll have a lot of examples to share then in our one of our topics, talking uh, the reopening of schools yesterday. But let's start with hashtag Zondo, the Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zondo responding to our Minister Lindiwe Sisulu's opinion piece, which contained. Uh, as he says, only accusations and insults. His sentiments alluding to leadership, uh, but rooting it to the negative impacts of colonialism. Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zondo did not take well to this. Uh, And let's focus maybe starting with focusing on which part of this uh, opinion piece that the Deputy Chief Justice was focusing on. Yeah. So so you remember... uh, Minister Lydia Sisulu had uh, written two opinion pieces at least up to the weekend, right? Mm. There was one that was in that was in the in the uh, independent newspapers, and the question that she was asking, or the the title of the, the piece was "Hi Nzanzi, have we seen justice?" And then there was the the one that really uh, got a lot of people talking, uh, including ANC members, uh, and of course the the deputy chief chief justice. And in the main, the, 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 one of the biggest accusations that uh, the, the, the minister, in a, in a, almost in a, in a question like that, that she was raising, was whether the constitution and, the, and, the, the, and how the rule of law is being observed in South Africa has served South Africans in the best way, such that it has liberated uh, us from the, the, the many ills in society, mm-hmm. uh, from poverty. Uh, service delivery and many other things that uh, you know ought to have uh, achieved this mission or their greater mission of uh, a better life for all. And, and the charge really that, that she's putting there is almost at the door of uh, the, the justice system to say that uh, in her view it has not done enough. And of course we know that when, when you do that the, the justice system does not exist by itself. It exists, uh, uh, you know, with the people, which are the jurists who uh, make, uh, you know, uh, judgments on a day-to-day basis. And, of course, uh, the the Deputy Chief Chief Justice uh, and the Acting uh, Chief Justice uh, took exception to that, to, to, uh, you know, reducing it to or almost like uh, they are being attacked or they are being attacked in their their persons. And, of course, uh, one of the, the... most interesting thing is that generally judges have 
had this demeanor or, or approach of they express themselves uh, in in judgment, right? And they never have to defend their judge. They never have to defend their judgment. The only way they would really defend their judgment would be if somebody appeals and they have to go to the next level of, of the next tier of the court, and they will, of course, demonstrate uh, why they would have uh, made uh, that the, the, the judgment. So, so th- this was quite an exceptional case where uh, a judge, or at least the the, the a uh, constitutional court judge decided, or the chief justice decided to uh, make a public statement. But of course, Asanda, this is not something that we see for the first time. Mm-hmm. You remember during the, while he was chairing the, the Zondo Commission, uh, whenever there would be a moment of irritation, and whether it was uh, Jacob Zuma walking out of, uh, walking out of the session, uh, chief Zondo, uh, Deputy Chief Justice Zondo would always uh, host a, an update of some sort. So, so, so for me, I was not surprised that he did it this way. Uh, if he becomes the, the Chief Justice, this is one of the things that we ought to expect from him to say he's not going to act like the one before him, whether it's uh, 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 you know, uh, Chief Justice Mukhoi Mukhoi or any other before him. And I mean, he does point out, uh, uh, Acting Chief Justice Zondo, that there will always be criticism uh, as the judiciary. They do accept that. But he's saying that these sentiments from Minister Sisulu are not criticism. They are an insult to justices of the Constitutional Court, even saying no amount of intimidation by anyone is going to succeed. Would you call this intimidation, the sentiments by Minister Sisulu? I, I, I suspect uh, it, it, it's how Minister Susumi framed her, her opinion piece, right? Mm-hmm. But, but also uh, two, th- two things, or at least two factors for me that, that, that really stood out is that. So uh, while the minister may not, may not be an MP in the legal sense, but uh, in her role as the Minister of, as the minister of uh, Tourism, she, uh, she's accountable to Parliament, and, and Parliament are the lawmakers, right? And ordinarily, uh, you would then expect her to be somebody who uh, appreciates the importance of lawmaking, the laws that, that uh, you know, ordinarily, for instance, any uh, act that is under her purview, she ought to be uh, a custodian of. But secondly, the oath that she takes with regards to, with regards to uh, her becoming a, a, a minister, it's almost, uh, and I suspect the, the Deputy Chief Justice or, or Acting Chief Justice Zondo took exception to that, that somebody who ought to be a custodian uh, and, and ought to be an example in terms of uh, respecting what the, the, the Constitution stands for and, and, and represents, uh, then went on to uh, uh, you know, frame the, 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 the issues as, as she did. But also, I suspect that uh, it, it may also be dealing with precedent, right? Remember mm-hmm. there was a time when, uh, the, when, when the ANC, some of the ANC leaders used to call judges counter-revolutionary whenever there were judgments against him. And if you remember, a, a lot of those would be around uh, big ANC moments. And we know that this year is the year of the ANC elective congress, and, and, and that is one of those big moments. So it may also be that he's setting the tone uh, in terms of we are expecting a lot more people to charge uh, against uh, the, 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 
judges, against the courts, against the constitution itself, because they had a particular narrative that, that they are driving at. And it may be that you send me a message to say, you, you know, we are not going to, to be quiet and we are not going to be, you know, dealing with things as usual as expect us to only deal with matters from our benches as judges. Mm. If we feel that somebody is uh, being malicious, uh, like he feels with, with, uh, with uh, Minister Susulu, they will always come up to, to raise that. On the point raised of the, the custodianship of Minister Sisulu by uh, Zondo, uh, saying that you know he would have expected better on, on that, and also just adding that it's regrettable that this uh, opinion piece did not come from a young, inexperienced person coming from a senior member of the governing uh, party, a senior MP in that matter, and senior member of the executive. Is this not the very point, though? I mean, uh, that's what I'm thinking for me. If we are talking about leadership, which in this country is in the hands of the older generation, that someone from this older and more experienced generation should be speaking of it. And, and, and I suspect, so, so, so first things first, right? Uh, it's important that we, we all acknowledge that uh, it is good that a, mini, a sitting minister sponsored a view or a perspective, right? Mm. But I guess the biggest challenge is that we, 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 that we then have to think about is that while there is that freedom of speech uh, uh, that, that allows all of us, including uh, those who are custodians of the Constitution, we then have to ask ourselves, uh, uh, we know that politics play a lot into some of these things. The minister, if she held this view, right, why now, mm. right? Uh, and and, 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 and uh, is it possible that we know that she's somebody who has raised her hand before uh, in, in, in 2017 uh, to want to, or, or showing her aspirations to become the president of the ANC, which then uh, subsequently, if the ANC wins the, the, the elections, she then becomes the president of, of, of South Africa. Uh, is this more about expediency than it is about raising real questions because mm. you really want people like her who you, you know has the the kind of gravitas she does she has the kind of surname that you know will always make us pay attention mm. uh, when she speaks but also she holds a very significant position but the question is is from the t- the timing perspective to say this is something that she could have raised three years ago she could have raised five years ago why is she because if you think about it the constitution has not changed Significantly, uh, since she, she, she was she, she was uh, in, in a, 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 a part of the cabinet, right? So so it's not like things have changed dramatically that she, she then got to be feeling like yeah, but you know these changes are really making things uncomfortable for us. That is why I'm raising I'm raising this issue. Mm. So I mean, a mixed reaction has come from social media as well from the sentiments of Minister Sisulu. One, as you mentioned, those saying "Why now?" but some also saying in their criticism that uh, Minister Sisulu's sentiments are nothing new. And in this very same point, then that could be maybe even a defence. And maybe you can tell me what your points are on that. The defence that because these sentiments have been raised before, they are indeed founded and deserving of proper attention in terms of colonialism and the effects it's had on our leadership. 
and, 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 and I think so, so, so the, the, the interesting reaction from social media, you almost have the ones who, who are feeling, who are, you know, calling on the president to say, the president, here's your time for you to now respond and, and fire uh, the minister. And not necessarily because of the action, but to say, show leadership that when uh, the, the one of, of one of uh, the, the, the members of your cabinet uh, don't toe the line, you should be able to, you know, take responsibility and deal, and deal with them. Mm. The, the second uh, uh, kind of response is really along political lines where, you know, you, you are getting the sense that uh, people are aligning themselves with the minister's view, not because she is right, but more to say that uh, coming to her defense because she is anti she's anti-serial, right? Remember, you know, in the, in the politics of South Africa, we always have an anything but. There was a time when there was anything but Jacob Zuma, anything but so-and-so. Mm. So, so it, may be, it may be that uh, they are, you know, they are part of that anything but, and therefore they, they would, the sentiment or at least the sympathy and empathy would be towards the minister. And then the, the, the extreme element is where now people deal with the actual substance. And, and, and I'm worried that I'm seeing a little, a lot less of that where people are now dealing with, let us look at the, the thing that she, she is raising, mm-hmm. right? If you juxtapose what she raises with uh, what a, the, the opinion piece that is written by, uh, recently by uh, advocate Nugai uh, Dobi, right, who, who's saying uh, he is raising the issue around the, how the ANC is dealing with the land matter and, and almost you know, saying that they, 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 their recent actions may actually be against the, the spirit and the letter, and the letter of, uh, of, uh, the, 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 of, of their, their, uh, the founding document, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you get the sense that this is somebody who deals with the substance and it takes us to this one issue, uh, which again is around the constitution as well. Whereas when you look at uh, uh, Minister Sisulu and even the people who deal with the substance, they almost ca- cannot point you out to the one area or two or a number of areas in the constitution where they are raising dissatisfaction and saying that here is where the constitution, uh, you know, continues to aid and, and, and abet in promoting or at least maintaining the status quo of apartheid uh, and, and of uh, uh, colonialism as it were. Okay, so Minister has responded in terms of this, saying she's consulting her lawyers and uh, that uh, she's noting Zondo's comments and will engage with them at an appropriate time. If you were her PR advisory, uh, the call for her to withdraw and apologize for these sentiments, if that was indeed agreed upon as a PR advisory team with her, on what basis would you say she should apologize and withdraw? Uh, so, 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 in, in, in all honesty, I would not take her as a, as a client, right? Because this is one of the people that... <laughs> no know, headaches we, we, for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? Mm. But, but but also, you you know what, one of, one of the, the, the troublesome with politics, with politicians, and, and I've worked with a few, uh, 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 some of them don't listen, Asanda, right? Mm. So, so so she strikes me as one of those that uh, uh, do not listen, right? So so she will, she will take counsel, but 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 not, not not listen to it. But suppose she were to listen, right? Mm. The, the 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 biggest thing really would be, and and, and I don't know if you've seen the, the 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 response or at least some of the response to her recent rebuttal uh, on on the uh, on 
Justice Zondo and on, on Mabusom Simang's article, the, the ANC MKZ uh, Council's uh, uh, member, right? Been, mm-hmm. the, 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 the issue has now been raised that there was that article or at least a, a portion of that article is plagiarized, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so the, the, the biggest thing would be one: uh, you must have a you, you must have a team that works when when they work with you. You don't just take things and pass them on under your name. You must really read the the, the, the stuff that, that you are putting out there. So that you are then able to defend them, right? right? Because I, I think that the challenge is going to be when you are dealing with a PR crisis of where you, you know you are being reprimanded by, by you are being reprimanded by the acting chief justice, you are being reprimanded by your boss in the presi- as, as the president, and you are being called out by society. But you can't really you know almost stand out there and say, by the way, I stand and hang by every word that I said. And this is why I do that. And for me, I think that that was one of the things that was surprising to say. Uh, if a minister, Monty Gunzibele, who comes out uh, representing government and saying that we do not uh, agree with the minister's sentiment, in fact, we even distance ourselves, and the ANC does the same, the expectation was that she should have then had the courage to say, by the way, this is why I am saying what I said, and this is why I believe that South Africans should... Take, uh, take heed or at least have a conversation and mm. she has not done that. So the first thing would be that to say that have the boldness to stand by your way, right? If you really, you're convict, you really feel convicted. But should there be a need to apologize, it would really be in, in the circumstances where the president is likely to, you know, have a meeting with her and say, you are embarrassing us, you are embarrassing government, you are embarrassing cabinet, therefore, as uh, you know, part of responsibility, I expect you not to continue with this. Yes, and, and, and I expect some sort of a communique uh, on, on, on your part. It's only under those circumstances that she would have to, she would have to, or at least I would advise her to, to, to uh, apologize. But the boss is halt, the, the horse is bolted okay. uh, in, in this case. Then, so I, I would rather say go on and, and you know, uh, be boisterous about it. Uh, and, and, and substantiate why uh, you believe this and why it ought to be done, or at least why there ought to be a conversation uh, that, that is being had in society about the issues you raise. Yeah. Let's shift gears then. Talking hashtag grade one, the inland provinces opening schools yesterday, the first day of school. I think it was even more notable for those who are starting uh, first year of school as well uh, the grade one parents i don't know if you remember yours was like what 18 or 19 years ago mine was 16 years ago (laughs) (laughs) that first day where you see the pride and joy of all parents so they were sharing uh, these ones cries and smiles on the first day of school on social media what did you make of this whole thing yesterday uh, you, you know, the, the, the first day of school is it's always fascinating in our country, and and uh, and I guess what makes it fascinating is that people uh, call we call them bundles of joy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 the the the, the seeing a few children, you know, crying and almost you know not one or wanting now to go back with mummies and 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 dead and daddies, uh, but but it was good to see one. Uh, the Department of Education seems to have been, you know, in good charge uh, of the, the the issues around uh, around uh, young people, or particularly grade one, 
who are start who are studying school and grade eight because those are the two biggest grades in terms of transition yeah. into big school and and and, and high school. There were no there were, there was not a lot of rapportage in terms of frustration from mummies and daddies uh, about not being able to be to have their children placed. Uh, but 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 the, the interesting other thing has been around or, or at least what, what I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of parents doing the responsible thing uh, when we look at social media mm. whenever they have their children uh, or at least share their pictures of their children they would cover the the, the badges of the schools mm. uh, or, or any insignia that would be carrying a name of the school uh, we, we know with you know with, with the uh, many issues around kidnapping uh, from the kidnapping of children in schools uh, and, and many other things, and, and uh, children, uh, parents seem to be acting responsibly. I think that is a that is a one positive uh, that that, that uh, is showing itself. Yeah, absolutely. And then for some people, it was a return to normalcy. Uh, some were relieved. I think our teenagers were looking forward to starting the new year. So for some, it wasn't the first time. Uh, but talking COVID nineteen protocols that need to be observed, and of course, still. As parents, we needing to be there for for those older ones as well. Yes, no, no, indeed. Uh, in fact, at, at our school, at, at my uh, our baby girl school, who's in grade two this year, uh, they had to request that only one parent could come in because they were anticipating that uh, mm. the grade one parents there would be many of them, you know, bringing their children because it says their school a whole lot of excitement. And the community was to really say, remember, we have we are still in COVID period, COVID times. Yeah. We request, uh, humbly request parents to comply, and the compliance really is really around, you know, maintaining social distancing. Uh, but I guess, uh, you know, they also don't want to be spending a lot more on sanitizer this year because when they have more parents coming in, they have to sanitize a whole lot of us. Uh, so, so it was good to see uh, that, that the compliance uh, con- continues. Uh, interesting. I, I had the interview with uh, the, from the Department of Basic Education, where they are making a call, or at least want to appeal to Department of Health to reduce the social distancing from uh, 1.5 meters uh, to about 500 uh, 500 millimeters, right? Which mm-hmm. may be may be a good thing, considering that uh, when, when when you listen to a number of health experts and health scientists. They, they, they are talking about uh, it, it does not look like the next variant may be as dangerous, although uh, we still have to be very yes. uh, watchful uh, of, of the pandemic. But okay. I guess uh, it, it shows that kind of return to the kind of normalcy that yeah. we had seen before. We need to take a short break. We've got three more topics to cover. This is Trending Topics. Stay with us. Asanda Beta on Sound Awake, Monday to Friday, 3 to 5 a.m. Continuing with our analysis of social media trends, that's what's happened in the last 24 hours with Laura Dose-King, social commentator and CEO of Decode Communications. Let's talk hashtag uh, city of Cape Town now, uh, Lorato. A uh, 22-year-old Cape Town law enforcement officer accused of shooting and killing a homeless man on Sunday, making his first appearance before the Weinberg Magistrates Court yesterday, uh, no, on Tuesday rather, so two days ago. Uh, what is the backstory? Uh, so so it, 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 it is reported that uh, Lovuelo Tukati in, in Cape Town 
was uh, was responding to a call from a resident in, in Ronda Bosch uh, about some homeless people who uh, had had been preparing a meal or doing something on an open fire, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, when an altercation ensued, he then uh, shot the he, he shot the, the the homeless person. Of course, more details are going to to come out as the as the, the matter sits in, in, in court. Uh, but but the, the, the biggest thing has really been, and of course, you know, when you think about Cape Town and homeless people, we know that they've previously uh, not had the best kind of uh, handling of homeless people, whether it was them uh, wanting to remove them from the city or, uh, you know, making them pay to, to be in the city uh, within certain times. And, and and that is why uh, uh, you know one of the, the active, uh, activist groups uh, came out guns blazing around uh, one. This this is not an isolated incident mm. where you have a law enforcement officer using uh, using maximum force. Whereas you can ask yourself why wasn't the minimum kind of force used to ensure that they restrain and uh, 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 take in. The, the deceased homeless person instead of them being uh, shot to their demise. The good part is saying this shines the spotlight on how uninformed and under-trained law enforcement officers are in the city of Cape Town and also that there is victimization of homeless people. How should these two issues be tackled then in terms of how policies need to be on, on these matters? Uh, and, and I think the, 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 the first one really around training and I would even extend it to to Asanda, the issue around how uh, generally policemen uh, or, or members of the South African police services sometimes uh, profile people, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this profiling is highly, highly problematic, right? And I think that one of the things that I'm hoping that as part of the training, it is dealt with to a great extent because it is not good enough to, you know, to say uh, uh, that, that Maybe this person, as part of an intervention, there should be, you know, some uh, training uh, methods that should be improved and all of that. We know the issue around profiling uh, continues to, 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 to be an issue. And, and, and then the, the, the issue around how, uh, you know, the city of Cape Town in particular just responds to, to uh, homeless people. And again, I guess it's, it's a matter of uh, the, the Department of Social Development uh, and in partnership with many other other departments to say what is the best way to deal with this issue because the the mm. the, the homeless people issue is not an issue that just arose yesterday right and and, and that uh, you are going to have uh, this kind of gentrification that to a great extent then even criminalizes uh, the, the the homeless people we then have to be to be thinking. Uh, you know, differently around it because you may have you may have observed if you go to the inner cities, for instance, uh, in Johannesburg in particular, the, 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 it does not seem like it's too much of an issue. But if you go to the outskirts in, in the in the leafy suburbs, uh, the, the, the homeless people are treated differently and differently in the sense where you know uh, they are shunned, they you know they are criminalized mm. and the like. And that's what I'm saying. I think we have we need a more systematic approach in how we deal uh, with, with this homelessness, homeless uh, issue.
Hashtag Fikilem Balula, mm. let's uh, shift to him now, the transport minister. So he's going to move ahead with a 1.1 billion rand taxi subsidy fund. This is to help in terms of relief from uh, uh, from the pandemic for taxis and e-hailing drivers. It, it, it is one of those uh, positive signs from the Department of Transport considering that the taxi industry is, is you know, they have the biggest market share in terms of uh, transporting South Africans uh, to and from work, uh, and, and for many other any other reasons, right? Mm-hmm. But, but what, what the, the one of the, the key things that has been raised, particularly by the National Transport Association, has been that it is uh, too needy because when they when they use the calculation of what the minister has put up in, in, in the numbers, I think it's something like hundred or just over hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, uh, taxis uh, that, that uh, are known and recorded uh, to be to be on on our on our roads or officially uh, that makes it around five thousand rand per taxi ride. Mm-hmm. And and the, the 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 concern that has really been raised is that five thousand rand per taxi is too small. But I guess uh, when when you consider the you know how uh, the the one billion rand. Uh, budget, it's a lot of money considering that we have many other problems in South Africa and, and, and our, our or at least our kitty does not have enough to be able to deal with, with, with everything. So, so uh, the, the, the thing that I've, one of the, the, the points that I've seen some social media people raising was the issue around uh, why is it that there is a, an, an internet system that is going to be used for people to, for taxi operators to register uh, and then uh, be able to, to qualify for that. And, and it, you know, the, the concern is, is that those who are in the affluent areas are likely to, where there's internet, they are likely to be able to do it quicker and access it better. But those who are in, for instance, in a Daoum, uh, you know, they may not be able to access it quicker. So it's almost a, a, a justice, a social justice kind of, kind of thing. So it's going to be interesting to watch over uh, the next few weeks to see the uptake but also whether the system is going to have issues. You know, South Africa, the South African government and IT system, mm. they have not always been able to deliver seamlessly. All right. Well, we can share the uh, telephone number for those who want to come forward and uh, make claims. It's 0800-201-971. That's a toll-free number. And the SMS line is 45864. Applications are closing in March. Finally, hashtag PSL now, the EFF leader, Julius Malema, having his go at uh, why soccer leadership, or this particular one, has not dropped ban or, or the ban on fans uh, going to stadiums. Uh, you know, Julius Malema has, has, a, has always an interesting way of getting South Africans talking about the, 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 the right thing. Right? And I say the right thing because, uh, you know, you and I, Throughout, when we've been having these conversations, uh, has been raising the issue on the impact, the economic impact uh, of COVID on a number of industries, particularly those who are in the entertainment space, mm-hmm. right? And, and the, the advantage with a majority of these uh, the events has been that they had some sort of trickle, trickle down effect. So, if you think about a, a soccer state, a soccer match. Uh, it's not only the, the, the PSL team owners who, you know, would receive the gate taking, but it's all those mamas who would, you know, uh, sell food uh, outside the stadiums, 
it would be the, the people who sell uh, jerseys, soccer jerseys, and, 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 and the like. Mm. Of course, the criticism uh, that, that Julius raised uh, in, in, when he was in, in, in Deben, when they were at their Siamoba rally, uh, was really around. Uh, considering that the, since the local government elections, we've been seeing gatherings uh, of, of people uh, and, and in their numbers, right? And now, you know, on the same day when he was addressing the, 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 the EFF rally, President Ramaphosa was addressing the ANC January 8th stadium, uh, 8th in the stadium with some people in the stadium. And the question is, why is it that uh, the PSL uh, administrators are not uh, allowing, at least getting ready to host or, or allow fans back into the stadium? Because it's not only about, you know, uh, uh, fans being entertained, but it's the, the economic element uh, of, of, of it. And, and I think that yeah. he, he has a point to a certain extent. But of course, we must worry because we know that the uptake of the vaccines in South Africa has not been at the rate that, you know, is quite pleasing. And I guess it's now really going to be a matter of how is the uh, Department of Health or the National Corona, Council, Corona Command Council going to respond to, to such a call, which I suspect the PSL is only going to take, uh, you know, uh, uh, a decision based on on on, on that uh, Corona Com- Command Council uh, decision. Well, I mean, the South African Football Association, SAFA, who have been allowing certain number of supporters in the stadiums for uh, some Bafana Bafana games, it seems that the PSL is not following in their footsteps. And I'm wondering if this doesn't also raise a question around the hierarchical structure. I mean, we've got the Ministry of Sport, we've got the South African Football Association and then PSL, which seems to have have its own power and seems to be all-powerful outside of this hierarchy. How does this work and this relationship between the ministry, SAFA and PSL in terms of who should follow who? So, 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 so I, 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 and, and I would like to uh, uh, separate the two a little bit, right? Okay. So, so, so firstly, remember that, that match uh, that, that SAFA hosted, it was, it was almost a vaccine drive message. So, so it was not even, it was not even more a SAFA is, is going to make sure that all the, 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 the matches are open to are open to, to, to fans. Mm-hmm. Remember, that I think the match was even addressed by uh, the deputy president uh, David Mabuza. So, so if you ask me, there was more of a a gimmick, more than it was it was a real thing. That was about the decision of making sure that uh, fans access accesses the the, the the stadium. Did the gimmick pay off? Of course, it was not going to pay off because unlike a, a PSL, which has regular matches. Uh, the Bafana Bafana, Banyana Banyana, and all the other structures of SAFA have not been having a lot, or, or at least the, the, the fixtures are not uh, as congested as you would have with the PSL. And now coming to the issue that, that you raised, of course, uh, the, the, this issue has, will always be uh, something that we have to worry about. One where, uh, you know, it, it's a matter of uh, the, the tail wedging the dog, and, and in the sense where, the PSL is, is the tail. Uh, the, the, the SAFA is supposed to be, you know, the ones that are, you know, the, 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 the chief administrators of football in our country. But of course, we know that, you know, the PSL is run by two of, of at least uh, the number of uh, uh, most influential 
and powerful uh, soccer administrators in Dr. Ivan Koza, Nemato uh, Mazala, right? But also when you, when you even look at the, the, the commercial value of both organizations, the PSL having a relatively bigger commercial value. Uh, mm. uh, this, this is uh, the, 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 this is the South African Football Association, uh, and there's almost you know, and, and you see whenever there's a, a, a Bafana Bafana match, when uh, uh, for instance certain club owners uh, and, and technical teams would be you know unwilling to to release their players to Bafana Bafana, you don't see the kind of uh, you know, almost call it activism from the, the administrators of the PSL who would want to compel uh, the, the, the club owners to say, but it is country duty for yeah. you to release players. It is important for Isafa to, you know, for Bafana Bafana to, to, to win games. You are not seeing that kind of, of movement. And, and you can tell that, you know, there, there are these uh, uh, power dynamics. But of course, we also know, that, you know, the, 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 the tension that, that, that for the longest time that has existed between uh, Dr. Ivan Koza and, uh, and uh, the current Chasa president, uh, Danny Jordan, right? They, they've played themselves out in, in, the, in the public for, for the longest time. And I guess while, as long as we will have those, I don't really want to peg it on there because while uh, Namat Andanani was, was the... Was the, the, the the president of Safa and, and, and Dr. Ivan Koza was still there, they, they still persisted. So it's not really about the personalities per se, yeah. but more around the entities, the ones feeling uh, that you know, they, they have some sway and leverage and they use that as much as, as much as possible, which is quite unfortunate. Mm. Well, we'll leave it there for today. Thanks again for joining us, Lorato. Always great chatting. Happy Thursday. Thank you so much and happy Thursday to you too. Thank you, Loretto Sikeng, social commentator and CEO of Decode Communications, discussing trending topics here on SFM Sound Awake. You are